punters, and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, July 10. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual is Jackpot Joel Marshall and Dynamite Dan Nuttall. Back from leave. Well, Daniel, uh, this it's Sir John Monash Stakes Day at Corfield on Saturday, and that's been a bit of a harbinger of the spring. Uh, with some of the uh, some of the better sprinters coming back to meet the uh, race fit winter speedsters, but uh, in recent years uh, the latter has tended to dominate. Um, I guess given that it seems to just get earlier and earlier in the calendar, uh, it was it was actually in the new season at one stage. Now it's back in early July, so uh, it's been more the fit ones rather than the first uppers that have been winning it, but. There are a couple of first-uppers that create interest in Saturday's field, and I know you're pretty keen on one of them, but it's a fairly intriguing race. It is. Um, as you said, I'm, I'm keen on one of the, the, the first-uppers, and there's uh, two in the race who I think are both a, a very good chances. The market expect them to run well, but in saying that, a few of these fit horses um, are going well, and we see uh, Malkovich, who came to Melbourne for the first time and won well, Last start, and you've got some, you know, horses that had formed through the one goom and the, the golden topaz as well. Those sort of races, so a very intriguing contest. But I think this uh, this time around, unlike recent years, a couple of the first up runners certainly have a, a strong case. Yeah, well, speaking of Malkovich, uh, he's bucking a bit of a trend because uh, the three year olds used to do very this race, but uh, in recent years, uh, nary a three year old has run in it. But uh, Malkovich hoping to uh, get the younger generation back. On the winning list on Saturday. Meanwhile, Joel, uh, Sunshine Coast, uh, Caloundra Cup, Winks, Guineas and Glasshouse Handicap Day did not go ahead last week, but uh, we're back on Sunday. What's the track looking like? Yeah, well, it's in the heavy range still. Uh, they've had a bit more rain this week. I don't think there's any danger of it uh, being called off again. I think there's some fine weather coming. So, and look, if it gets a day to dry out, I think we'll get back into the soft range. But I think you're still going to be looking for horses that can handle the wet. Uh, interestingly, they've uh, obviously they threw the acceptances out the window last week and the fields have changed around a little bit, particularly the cup. I think the Glasshouse and the Guineas fairly similar, although the Guineas lost one of its main chances in Tamalade, who actually won the grafted Guineas yesterday. But the cup has certainly lost a few numbers with uh, a few electing to go to the Grafton Cup on Thursday afternoon, uh, Chris Waller with a couple of his Humboldt Current and uh, the Lord Mayor and yeah, a couple of others that were entered for the race have, have gone here. So Stockman uh, has come into around $1.70, $1.80. Very short, but uh, he certainly looks the one to beat. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll take you through this four uh, meetings, I think, across the weekend with uh, Black Type. We'll take you have a look at all those races as usual, but we will start... In Melbourne, uh, as I said, Harbinger of the Spring, well, not really. Uh, I think the weather's going to be fine on Saturday and they're throwing the doors open and Jamie Carr just needs the one winner for a record-breaking 100th and uh, one of her rides is Malkovich uh, in the big race. But I tell you what, uh, I'm not, it wasn't feeling too springy when I went out for my uh, 6.30 run this morning. I reckon it had to be in Melbourne the coldest morning of the year on Thursday. It was very beautiful, actually, as the sun came up uh, with balloons in the air and so forth and uh, a lovely new moon. But by Jiminy, it was cold. Anyway, we'll, we'll start with uh, the Monash Stakes, which is race eight at Courtfield on Saturday. Ned Sir John Monash Stakes, 1,100 metres. 
standard weight for age and group three. We'll start with you, Joel. Yeah, well, I've gone with five. William Thomas backing up from his his run last week in the sprint final at Flemington where he finished third behind the astrologist. Barrier one is a a little concern because he's going to get buried away. I'm just hoping he can get to the outside. Uh, Fine, clear galloping room anyway. I do remember one day at Caulfield, I think Dwayne Dunn might have ridden him. He he hugged the fence, cut the corner and won very well. He's just a very good Caulfield horse. 12 goes, four wins, another four placings, three from six at the track and distance. And he's going to be around double figures. Well, you know, some good double figures each way. So I thought he was worth a little bit of a play. 10, Melkovich, I've got in for second. Uh, the three-year-old, obviously this late in the season, he doesn't get much of a, a weight relief, just half a kilo off the older horses, but he's in flying form. Got James Charter ride. Certainly think he's going to be a, a leading contender. Three order of command is a very consistent sprinter. Group one placed in the Galaxy earlier in the year behind Eduardo. And then probably just came up a bit short, wait for age against Nature Strip and, and the like in the in the TJ. And in for fourth, number one, Viridine, who is a very consistent performer at this level. He's had that little bit of a freshen up since the June stakes where he had the big weight and ran third to add along. He's suited under these weight conditions. Five each way for me from 10, 3 and 1. Oh, with the 12, Villamoy, the, the Sydney visitor, she's got an excellent first up record. Be a California Zimbal first up last time. I, mean, I think it's very good form, and her Sydney trial form was uh, was very good. She sat, she led in a in a most recent one, and it was a pretty soft win in the end. Um, so she's clearly going as well as ever, and yeah, as I first up form, very good for this. So Villamoy on top, pretty keen on her. Uh, Malkovich in next. Uh, Bjorn Baker doesn't really bring him up, uh, bring him south from Sydney much to Melbourne, but. Did so with this Colts, and he was carrying 61 kilos at Caulfield last start. He was uh, far too good there. It's might be a little bit of a drifter in the market. Drops three kilos and gets the informed jockey on board. <clears throat> Got one, Veradine uh, in next. Certainly rock hard fit now. He's been testing some pretty handy races this preparation. Um, he too drops a couple of kilos for this. And in for fourth, got Red Can Man, the six. Uh, didn't mind the first up run. She's, he's finished seventh of 11. Um, the astrologist came out and franked the form of that race, but was a, a little bit keen first up. His first go down the straight as well. Um, but his second up form reads pretty well. He can certainly run a competitive race. 12, 10, 1, 6. Yeah, I'm with the one Viridine, uh, who is the highest rater. So as Joel mentioned, uh, suited at weight for age. And uh, second to Jungle Edge on a heavy track in this race last year. And interestingly enough, Jungle Edge was second in the race the year before to Oak Door. So uh, they can come back and go one better. Got the two first uppers after that order of command and Bill Amai. And like Daniel, I just reckon Red Can Man can win something at some stage of this campaign, something decent. And so I uh, got Red Can Man fourth one, three, 12, and six specials on the program. Uh, Joel. Well, I've made Think and Fly my best bet. Uh, race seven, number three. He's had the two runs back from a spell. He was good at Caulfield first up. Uh, they protested unsuccessfully second up at Flemington. DeGrave certainly cramped him for room late in the piece. Still had the best last 200 of the race there. He's third up, ready to peak 1,700. Damien Oliver sticks with him. I think he is ready to win. My value bet, going back to an old favourite in the last. Uh, he got the cash for us in the last uh, 
about six or seven weeks ago. Oh, well, no, going back to April, even longer than that. But uh, Mr. Exclusive, who won, as I said, at Caulfield three starts ago. He's had two runs since. I think the track was just too firm, his next uh, outing, where he failed to beat a runner home. He then went to Flemington in that race uh, that DeGraves beat Think and Fly. Looked like he was going to run third most of the way up the straight. Just got overhauled late. He gets a two-kilo claim from Thomas Stockdale. That keeps him in nicely at the weights. And as long as the track's got some give in it, I think, uh, you know, he's going to be big odds again. He's 30, 40 to 1. So I think he's well worth uh, a look. He's the value. And as I mentioned, William Thomas, I don't mind it a bit of odds. And I think there's a, a decent roughy. And I think uh, Daniel has also come up with the same roughy. Race four, uh, race four, number 14, Musk Lolly. Uh, she has always showed a bit of talent and she won her maiden really well last time out. If two weeks back at Caulfield, I think she went up about 10 or $11 with Jamie Carr on her. No Jamie Carr booked for Saturday and she's $51. So I think she's crazy odds. Yeah, I've got to echo those sentiments uh, regarding Musk Lolly. Um, if she... I guess because she's drawn barriers 16 of 16. So it's a bit of a watch to see whether they um, ex- run her on Saturday. But they certainly are the stable speaking of Nikki Burke during the week for a story in this weekend's paper. And they certainly want to get a run, another run in her as a three-year-old, put her away for the spring, average, give her a lengthy break. And yeah, the stable are really <clears throat> keen on her prospects going forward. Uh, she was dominant first up at Ballarat on a heavy nine. The runner-up, Tess and M, came out and won pretty easy next start. So... Um, far too big a price. It is a strong race, I do concede, but far too big a price. And we'll be having a bet Musk Lolly. I think she's the best blowout chance of the day. Um, race four. My best is Villamai um, in the Monash. And the value early on, Vivian was three wide last start. Um, never really wanted to be on. She, on her, she uh, After tracking that wide throughout, she's back against her own sex here. Um, with a better ride, I think she can she can atone. Uh, I thought she was good first up in a pretty strong form right down the straight. So that'd be my net uh, value. Race one, number 10, and uh, race four, Musk Lolly. Uh, yeah, race, uh, I was Viridine with my best race, eight, number one. And, uh, well, I was scratching around for a value bit in a typical style. I've come up with one that's about four bucks, probably even less uh, after scratching. That, that is uh, a very consistent race three, number nine, Zorro's. Dream, they're in the stakes race in Sydney as well at Royal Randwick, and it is race eight of ten. The big uh, ten race cards are part of the course these days. In Sydney, race eight is the Drinkwise Winter Stakes, 1,400-metre quality listed event. Joel, how did you see this one? Yeah, interesting race. Um, usually these sort of open handicaps with a bit, you know, a bit of a decent spread, I tend to look towards down towards the bottom. Uh, but I've gone up the top looking at my numbers here. Number three, Count of Chris, uh, Count of Monte Cristo, had him in the numbers and did give him a bit of a push in the podcast when he had his local debut in the June Stakes a few weeks ago. Just had that little query whether 1100 was going to be too short, but. Uh, had something on at 70 to 1 and unluckily ran fourth, but he really did hit the line hard. He was entered for the Ramorny during the week, but Chris Lees has saved him for this. He's got James McDonald to ride. No 70s, but around 9 or $10. I think he's a good each way play. Uh, one Bandersnatch won really well in the Civic Stakes third up. That looked his race. He was always going to get to the lead. He was third up, ready to fire. Goes up four kilos, that's the knock, but he'll put himself in the right position and he's certainly fully fit. For Riadini, 
another of the top weights with 59 kilos. Probably deserves that, being an Epsom place getter. Uh, he was uh, obviously got into that race with no weight, and even prior to that in the Shannon had just the 53 and a half when finishing second. So has to carry the big weight. But you know, in this off-season, I think he'll uh, certainly measure right up. He has trialled quite nicely. And I believe uh, number 10, Charlize, which was in my numbers, uh, may in fact be a scratching now. So I will include number five, Order again. Very consistent at this level and does love wet tracks. Three, one, four, and five. Down the page with the 14, True Detective. He's a very honest customer, guys. Hasn't made winning much of a habit of late anyway. He sort of got off the fly early on, but his sort of last 10 or 11 runs, he's been finishing thereabouts without winning. No different this preparation. He he does get through the affected ground quite well, and he gets a weight swing on Vandersatch from their last meeting. I think Vandersatch was too good for him that day. Um, True Detective sort of got into a little bit of a traffic problem midway down the straight, but I think he got his chance, went out. But um, getting with the weight swing and the wet track, I think he can hopefully can sort of break a bit of a drought. It's been over a year since he's won. So 14 on top, seven in next tricky gal. Uh, she's another mare who, she's a mare who just loves um, wet ground. I thought it was very good. Second splitting band of such and true detective last start. Um, she's always got to be considered. 15, Legay Soleil. Uh, she's been freshened since she's taken up to Brisbane. I was pretty keen on her in that Pam O'Neill that day. Uh, the winner of that race was Nudge. She went right on with it after that. Um, Legay Soleil hasn't been seen since that run, but back to 1,400 metres on uh, on wet ground. And, um, and with the informed Tommy Berry on board, she's certainly a hope. And in for fourth, got the six, Rubasaki. 14-7, 15-6, very open race. All righty, Joel. Um, Count of Monte Cristo was your best on the Royal Randwick 10-race car. That's race eight, number three. You're going to build a bank early with your value bet. Yeah, could have taken a pick of any number of these uh, value right throughout the day, but uh, we'll make the value race one number 13, Rubenocchi, two-year-old filly by Rubik. Very green, didn't have the best of luck on debut back in January. She trialled up really well ahead of the fresh run at Kembla Grange. And even though she wandered around a little bit late, she was far more professional. She went forward, found the front and kicked away, ran pretty good time for the day. The runner-up, as not long ago, just finished a close second in a handy maiden at Kembla Grange. So... I think the form's okay. Uh, barrier four, Sam Clipperton sticks with her. A few wraps on a few of these, but uh, I think at double figure odds, she's worth thought each weight. Uh, a couple of others that are, are worth thought at odds, perhaps not race five, number 12, Karma Zone, dropping nine kilos off the win at Newcastle last week. And race seven, number three, McCormack, also on the backup from his run in town last Saturday. Uh, it was a bit of a hidden good run. I think the step up and trip will suit him. My best uh, comes up, uh, race number five, the Waller-trained Our Intrigue. It's only, it's only her second run um, in Australia for Kiwi Mare, and, which is pretty good at 800 metres of Rose Hill last start. Um, she was sort of caught in a bit of a pocket from the 500 to the 200 and wasn't really clear until the last furlong. Um, she didn't rock at home by any means, went out, but she was certainly worked well to the line. She'll certainly appreciate the rise to 2,000 metres and... Um, yeah, I think it was a pretty encouraging Australian debut. So our intrigue, my best race. Five, number eight. The value comes up the race before. 
And with the three, Miss Steed. Now, this mare was formerly with the Snowdens. This is her first start for Kim War. Um, she's been freshening up since running in a listed race, Doombin, nearly two months ago. She's went around at 61 to 1, and I thought she ran a big race. She sat up on the speed, and she covered ground that day, but I thought she stuck on pretty well. Um, she's a horse that only goes on, on wet tracks. She's not much good on, on, on top of the ground. Um, she get that here. So I think even with the 60 kilos up, in gra uh, down in grade, up in up in weight, uh, thought she was well worth a bet. Race four, number three, Misteed. All right, in South Australia, we head for the Barossa with the Metro Racing at Gore on Saturday. And Daniel, speaking of getting your turkey early, your uh, specials come up in the first two races. Yeah, I'm pretty keen on Apache Star in race two, Barks, the five. Um, Philip Stokes trained. Gelding started his career in Victoria with the Freedmans. I really like the recent Gawler trial, sort of responded well when, when asked for an effort, sort of around 200 metres out and quickly put up a bit of a lead there. So it was, um, just trialed, jumped out of the track and, and got the job done there. The form in Victoria, I thought, was pretty handy. The the boo run at Gilmore was, was quite good, headed a long way out. She fought back. Um, he fought back and was only outfobbed on the line. Uh, the winner went on to frank the form later, that preparation. And then a second start at Mooney Valley, just um, not much went right that day. So a bit of a complete forgive, but seemed to come back in good order and pretty keen in a race that has a long tail. So race two, number five, Apache Star. And uh, yeah, the, the value comes up the race prior. Gioti, the three. Um, pretty handy filly. She's already a stakes winner, won a listed race in Tasmania um, probably about 18 months ago. <clears throat> um, she's already seen some before. She's nine into 7.50 since betting opened and I, I didn't mind the first up run. She drifted heavily. She probably about eight fifty or $9 out to 21s. Um, but she certainly didn't run like it. She gave a bit of a sight and 200 meters out. You're probably would have been happy if you're on her each way, but she just sort of peaked on her own lay. She still finished third. The each way punters uh, needed that run under the belt back against her own sex here. And um, I think seven fifty still a back pretty backable each way price. So race one, number three, hopefully we can get off to a flyer at Gawler. Joel, you've had a look at Adelaide. Any thoughts? Yeah, my best later in the day, race eight, number 14, free of sin. Really consistent filly. Two wins, four placings from her 13. She was a winner at Panola four runs back. And since then, hasn't had the rub of the green, but it's been finishing close up. Runner up, two runs back at Murray Bridge. And then last Saturday, went there again and finished just out of the placings. Beaten less than a length when finishing fifth. Drew gate 12 there. Gate five on the quick backup. I thought she would run pretty well, and she's each way odd, so I think that's certainly the way to play. And I've made my value in the two-year-old race, race four, number nine, not bluffing. Philip Stokes trained Colt by a stern, uh, ridden by Kayla Crowther. Quite liked his uh, recent trial and jump out. He's jumped out quite well, in fact, and I think from a good draw, he can be competitive. Uh, I thought he'd be sort of around the double figures, and he, he's slightly less than that. It's a true, difficult race. A few of these first starters have trialled quite well, but again, I think he's worth an HOA play on debut. All righty. Um, although arguably the big meeting in Queensland is Sunshine Coast Sunday, there is a meeting at Durban on Saturday. And, Daniel, your best uh, comes up in a race... I believe where, well, there's already two scratchings out of the 10 and uh, the other eight are all entered somewhere else over the weekend. So that complicates matters. But uh, you think seeing too many is going to line up there? 
it looks that way. I think it's been scratched from um, her other engagements. So <clears throat> I hope she does line up here. I think she's well placed, especially with those scratchings. You touched on Bark, so right or wrong, I think he's running in running around Grafton today. Uh, he was certainly would have been one of the main threats. But you've seen too many. Contested a couple of stakes races, first and second up, and uh, ran okay without really threatening. Michael Costa then took her down to Sydney, final fillies and mares, benchmark 78. She went around a big price and um, shocked a few and finishing over the top of them there. She beat Zing that day. Zing came out and won next start. Had been knocking on the door prior. Um, stays at 1,600 metres, seen too many. And while she's up in grade to an open handicap, this race isn't much tougher from scratching. So um, 350 at the moment. Happy to take that as my best. Race four, number five. The value comes up in race five. Well, not much of value. Probably not a whole lot of value on the Dooman card. Um, but good chat. So certainly seen some support early. I think went up around $6 now into that 450 qu- uh, quote. I think it'll be hard to beat. Uh, stable. Produce their horses first up, ready to win, and they'll only have to carry 53.5 kilos after the claim. Uh, does a pretty good form around Garibaldi last preparation over this track and trip as well. So, ticks a lot of boxes, good chat. And he'd be my uh, next best, if you will, at, at Doombin on a card that doesn't have a whole lot of value. So, race five, number five, good chat. And race four, number five, seen too many, my two bets. Joel, anything at Doombin? No, nothing for me at Doombin Barks. Okie dokie. Uh, we go across the Nullarbor to Belmont, where after a washout on Wednesday, there is a massive program of 11 races. Uh, and there is one uh, there is one stakes race, and that is race eight, the Bowfine Stakes. That's a listed event over 1,000 metres. Uh, BJ Ryan on leave this week, but uh, Greg Hooper. Our man there likes number three, Gemma's son, to beat six, Long Beach, seven, Miss Contiki, and one, Nerodio. And Hoops's best is race five, number eight, Search and Rocks, and his value bet race six, number five, Nobel Lawrence. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman, Joel, they are racing at Tarapa and Awapuni. Yeah, well, Tarapa will be certainly hoping to get the cash early. The best is race one, number nine, two, Madison. Has had three runs this time in for a third and two fourths. Just sort of come off the bit quite early in her last couple over 1,400. But she's been really strong late. She's won twice over the mile. She gets out to that distance here, fourth up. Claim uh, for The claim for the promising apprentice, Joe Camarud, and gets her in with 52 and a half. Very well placed. It's an open field. There's a few chances. You inform horses, but I think she'll take plenty of beating. Uh, the value was race three, number 15, Tashioni. Just, uh, again, similar to that first pick, she was a bit uh, one-paced early in her race. That was on her debut uh, with Opie Boson aboard, was kept safe in the market off a decent trial. But I liked her last 100 metres. Step out to 1,600 suits. Danielle Johnson takes over, so you lose nothing there. She's a, a gun jockey, and I think she'll take good benefit from that debut, Tashioni, race three, number 15. At Awapuni, the best bet, again, early in the day, race two, number six, Tumbleweed. Was placed at good odds a couple of uh, Saturdays ago. They ran her around in a midweek race uh, subsequently, and she bolted in four and a half lengths. It was a dominant win. She goes up to the 74 level from 65, but uh, she's in form, she's fit, and I think she can go on with the job. 
And the value comes up in the last race eight, number nine, Mayla Ray. Been just behind the placings her first few runs this time in. They then gave her a shot at some black tight listed race. She wound up at the, out the back of the field there. Back to rating 65 company. She can bounce back without surprising. All righty. Well, uh, that takes care of a big Saturday around Australasia. But uh, while we're hot, we may as well just uh, review that uh, Sunshine Coast meeting. As you mentioned, Joel, uh, there are a few changes and uh, possibly a slightly uh, different track uh, to deal with. Um, so uh, Sunday at the Sunshine Coast, the first of the black type races, is going to be a race number seven, and that is the Winx Guineas. Race five, I think, Parks. They've moved, oh, the, sorry. Cup, moved the cup. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, earlier in the day with a small field. So race five is the Orchin Air Conditioning and Refrigeration Caloundra Cup, 2,400-metre handicap, listed level, Joel. You know, as I touched on earlier, Stockman, I think he's gone up at around seventy, so a lot shorter than he was last week. He still looks the one to beat because a few of his dangers are no longer there. Uh, he's a last start winner. He loves the wet. I think he can win again. One Wu got, well, the wetter the better for him. So if we're staying in that heavy range, he can beat the favourite because he's one of the best mudlarks around. And then I think there's a bit of a gap to the rest. Oh, I don't see any of the others winning, to be honest. Six Salamade, two Happy Go Plucky, and four Flash R would be the next ones I'd look at for the multiples. But uh, I think it's a race in two. We'll make it three one six two. All righty, across the race seven, which is the Winx Guineas for three-year-old 1,600 metres, set weights and penalties. And uh, this field has held up fairly well, 17 in it. Yeah, most of these uh, are going around. Tamalade's the one sort of noticeable withdrawal. As mentioned, he went around to Grafton and won their Guineas on Wednesday. He was my on-top selection. So that's left me with number four, not an option on top. He's a talented Kiwi, but he can mix his form a little bit. I just think he likes wet grounds, uh, wet ground best. He really attacked the line hard first up and then got to Eagle Farm, dry track, didn't quite finish off. I think this suits a lot better. 11, Jennifer was very good first up, will be fitter. 14, Palisipian, well, four from four. She can't do any more than she's doing. I think she can measure up here. And 15, Meg, coming off a last start win in Sydney, I think has to be respected also. 4, 11, 14, 15. And finally, race eight, TAB, Glasshouse Handicap, uh, 1,400 metres at a listed level. And again, 17 to face the start. Yeah, largely unchanged this race. Uh, sticking with Coventina Bay, she draws in, I think, sort of four or five closer to the rails than she did last week. Just, I think she'll find this easier. I know she's taking on the boys, but she's taking on, she's taking on some really strong mares races her last couple and hasn't really had the rub of the green either time. I think she's well worth thought on wet ground. Uh, seven Desert Lord. Well, he wants the track to firm up. So if we're getting sort of soft six, soft five, if that does happen, then that's really going to play into his hands. 12 Profit just wasn't suited last start. He stepped up in trip. It was a dawdling run affair. Never got into it. I think a, a more genuine speed over 1,400 suits him. And six Charlize looks like they're heading this way. She has been scratched from Randwick. She's a a mare that's really in the zone at the moment, and it wouldn't shock me to see her win again. Five on top for me, though, from 7, 12, and 6. All righty, that wraps up the preview section of the podcast and brings us to our best $20 bet for the weekend, Lady Lobsters.
Joel, no good last week, uh, or you know, uh, bye last week, given that uh, Sunshine Coast was off for you. For me, unfortunately, Romantic could not back up his good win in the straight six uh, down in the All-Victorian Sprint Series final there. Uh, where are you going this week, Joel? Yeah, well, I think we'll go with uh, Miss Hipstar who goes around at the Sunshine Coast. I didn't touch on her before, but she's my best bet. Race three, number one. So we'll wait till Sunday. I think uh, back in grade, back in distance, she can return to winning forms. That's race three, number one. All right, Daniel, you're a last start winner with uh, Great Diviner. Out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Can you stay on a roll? Hoping so. Uh, I'll venture to Sydney. don't normally head there for my best $20 bet, but will this weekend. I I really like the... uh, the recent Kiwi import, our intrigue um, in race five. So race five, number eight, uh, my selection, Bucks. That is our intrigue. And I am going to Caulfield, going to wait for the last. That is race nine. And I am going with number eight, Jumbo Ozaki. So... Readers and listeners, uh, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already, all the form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. 5.50 in shops first thing Friday morning, five bucks online as we speak to you. And don't forget, only three weeks away, we are counting down your calendar edition. So if you can reserve a copy with your news agent, I suggest you do so. But uh, either way, just make sure you get up early that Friday, July the 30th. Um, that takes it out from us. Have a great weekend. Punters, back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.